Stay fly. Stay fly. If Trump wins re-election, I got a better plan. If the Democrats win re-election, I got a better plan. And if we took a look at each of these candidates, all of them shaky and flaky. Every one of them are shaky and flaky. You know, this this Buttigieg guy, uh, I took a look at this guy the other day, and he looks like the Manchurian candidate from, I think that was that 2004 film starring Denzel Washington. Remember the guy they ran for president? You're listening to the Fly Guy Show. They do everything on the fly and in such a fly manner. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. <laughs> hey, this is Larry Thomas here on the Vol School Podcast. You're listening to Psycho Vaughner's Fly Guy Podcast. Support, like, subscribe, and share. He's saying some good things. Share it. Don't keep it to yourself. All right, and we're live. Welcome to the Fly Guy Show. It's a series of melanated conversations to improve our situation. I'm your host, Grandpa Crunk, DJ Seiko Varner, your edutainer, which is an educator and an ed- entertainer at the same time. And look, I'm with my favorite author. I'm holding this book in my hand. He's one of my favorite authors. I've known this brother for a long time. I realize now that I first came across him in 1997. We first brought you to the Hampton Roads area in 1997 as a conscious roster, and he had the conscious roster speaks. And I'm telling you, man, those books that you had back in those days just kind of blew my mind. And so I'm so glad that we get a chance now to share you with everyone who's a fly folk, one of our fly folks, all the fly folk are people who listen to the Fly Guys show. And to all the uh, master students out there, we're also on Chrome TV. As you can see right now, we have one of the books up. It's called, I think it's called The Blackest Soil. Uh, but without any further ado, I'm going to let the man introduce himself. Give it up for the Conscious Rasta. Give it up for Chef Katie. What's up, y'all? All right. All right. My brother Seiko, what a joy. What an absolute pleasure <laughs> it is to be with you today with the Fly Guy show. We're talking about some serious business today. And I just I wanted say. to salute you over the decades that you and I have become acquaintances. It's good to see that your commitment to positivity, to uplifting the community, to truth seeking at the highest level possible is still just as robust as it was 25 years ago when you and I first started hanging out. Absolutely. I'm just a little heavier, but I'm getting off the fast food. I'm getting on the super food following your lead. So All good right. to have you back in the saddle, good brother. Yes, hey, sir. Man. Fit you have to be fit, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, man, speaking of superfood, mm-hmm. I know you have a book. You actually have two books that deal with superfoods. Uh, before we get into the coronavirus, can you give us a little part? I want to say discography, but because uh, I know you also are a music artist. But let's talk about your uh, your your back. I mean, not your background. Your books. You're a okay. very highly published author. Uh, let's go over the books very quickly. Okay. Well, you did mention superfood, living superfood, where we say food is nature's most perfect medicine. And we're proving that every day in so many ways. I have written a total of six books now in that series, Living Superfood. Two of the books are recipes books. So the first collection of 110 raw vegan recipes. The second collection, another 85 raw vegan recipes. I have four science books in there. Living Superfood Research, um, Get the Weight Off, Living Superfood Longevity, And the most recent book in that series, Living Super in Paradise, Creating Space for Perfect Health. Brother Seiko, I'm absolutely convinced that we have a system now we call the seven principles of optimal health. The breath, hydration, nutrition, rest, exercise, detoxification, and the mind-body-spirit matrix. And when we master to the absolute state-of-the-art of mastery of these seven principles, we get a chance to live beyond the reach of acute and chronic disease. You know, with all of this hype and hysteria about coronavirus, I don't worry about it at all because, Brother Seiko, (laughs) I made a commitment that I was going to live the entire decade of the 1920s, or the 2020s, not the 1920s, the 2020s, and I'm not going to get sick even one time. Not a cold, not a flu, nada, nothing. Wow. 
Wow. And knowing you, good brother, you can probably do it because you look, uh, you know, 30-ish. Hey, I appreciate that. I've just celebrated my 64th birthday last fall, and this is my 65th return around the sun. And I tell you, I feel literally half my current age, and I do the best I can. You know, I'm probably the only 65-year-old brother you've met this week who can boast and brag that uh, less than a week ago, I tied my third all-time high for doing push-ups in one set, and uh, I think last Wednesday I did 193 in one set, no break. Okay, okay. Uh, you're actually the second brother that I met who's 65 and in great shape. I was DJing an event last night, and uh-huh. a guy walked up, and as soon as he walked up, all the women's, you know, faces just kind of followed him, and I was like, "Wow, that's <laughs> me." I was like, "Yo, man, you look great, man. What do you do?" He said, "Man, I work out five o'clock in the morning every day. I just turned 65. I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm that's eating right." right. And I was like, "Wow." I got to get on that. So, hey, Jomo Jenkins says, I need that book. I need that book. So, Jomo Jenkins is one of the fly guys, one of the fly folk, also a master student. Enough so, respect. how can they get the book? Um, the Living Superfood series is on that website, livingsuperfood.com. No S, livingsuperfood.com. We got a lot of great information there. I also have a beautiful documentary film we call Suicide the Movie. <laughs> yeah, your your documentary came out way before What the Health and some of these other documentaries that became really popular. Um, yeah, people need to find that. Let's find that. But yo, tonight we're dealing with coronavirus, mm-hmm. which is interesting to me because didn't Lysol for the last 10 or so years talk about how it can kill the coronavirus? You know, this word coronavirus has actually been around for about 55 years. About 1965, we can first start seeing the identification of what has been regarded as six different coronavirus types. Now, we don't need to go too deep into virology today, even though we will have to put some science on the table. But yeah, there are package labels from Lysol cans and many other sources, including the own the United States own the Department of uh, National Institutes of Health that have in previous years regarded coronavirus to be a merely a cold-causing virus, somewhat in the line of uh, what are called rotaviruses or whatever, mild viruses that cause, you know, very mild acute disease. But in this particular case, coronavirus has taken on a whole new character. I have come to some very radical conclusions based upon my various examinations of this. You know, I've publicized and engaged about four or five broadcasts now dedicated just to rooting out the facts about this so-called coronavirus pandemic. All right. As you see, people leave us some really fly comments and Wheat Bread says, all I know that Corona is a beer. Yeah, I don't mess with Corona beer either. I quit drinking beer in 1986. That's one of the reasons I can do them extra 25 or so push-ups above my 150. Ashe, Ashe. So, um, <laughs> oh, they're going in. They're going in. This this comment is hilarious. All right. This comment is hilarious. All right. So anyway, peace to all. So you're here with the Fly Guy Show. We have Chef Keedy in the house, and he's talking about the coronavirus. So go ahead, brother. Keep going. First of all, everything that we know about virology, everything we know about epidemiology is being tested by this epidemic. When it first came along, I said, oh, well, here they go again. The United States is in a rivalry with China. This rivalry with China has been going on for many decades. China is now ascending to be the number one economy in the world. They have been number one in purchasing power parity, meaning how far does their currency go to purchase versus our currency in our country. So they've been the number one, but now they're becoming an absolute economic and military superpower. So this rivalry between the United States and China has shown up in many ways over the years. So my first thought about this was, oh, here they go again. We had the bird flu, the avian flu, H1N1 swine flu, the Asiatic flu. I mean, and every time these things come along, they have like a little SARS. I mean, 1992, 93, big, big talk about SARS wiping out the earth, you know, extinction level event. So here we go again. 
And this actually does fit the same pattern. But here's one of the most important things people have to understand. These deaths, these illnesses from coronavirus merely represent a small fraction of already existing global and national pneumonia deaths. And so when we look at what is called the disease morphology or the clinical presentation, the symptoms of what is called coronavirus, and look at the people who are dying from it, there's really nothing to distinguish this from merely 5.7% of the already existing pneumonia deaths in China or around the world. Just to give an example, here we have now in about exactly 60 days of coronavirus, uh, the number of people that have died has amounted to, I think they said 2,800 or so people, around 47 people every day. That's all over the world, coronavirus deaths, 47 people a day. Problem is, is that pneumonia killed some 3 million people worldwide in 2016, and that averages out to 8,213 people dying of pneumonia every day. So if whoa, SARS whoa, whoa, whoa. or coronavirus, yeah, again, deaths per, day, deaths per day from coronavirus, 47 deaths a day on average. Every day of the year in the world, dying of pneumonia, 8,213 people a day. So if we average those out, that means that one out of 16 people who die of pneumonia on this planet die of coronavirus pneumonia. It's nothing new. It's not really lifting up the overall pneumonia deaths either. So it's just, you know, we can't dismiss anyone's life, but it's just what epidemiologists would call background pneumonia deaths. Just 5.7% of those. Well, you know, we have Americans all messed up and scared. People are walking around with masks and, of course, Lysol stock. I need to buy some Lysol stock. Uh, or leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> and so you're telling me that all of this can be explained simply the way you explained it. And it's a big hoax the way it's being pushed upon us. Um, it's, I wouldn't say the word hoax as much as I would say hype and hysteria. Much ado about something that's dangerous. Pneumonia is dangerous. I caught pneumonia in February 2016, and it, it was pretty nasty. It knocked me down. I stayed at home, stayed in bed for five days. I cured myself using food, and after five days, I was over the pneumonia. But that was a very serious illness that I went through at that time, and I saw a couple of other people around me catch it as well. So pneumonia does exist. This is the same thing we went through, and I know you were around when we were talking a lot about the HIV AIDS hoax. Now, I did use the word hoax there very deliberately, but it comes down to the basics, Brother Seiko. You're a very well-informed man. I could ask you this question. I could ask anyone in the audience, or I could ask any doctor this question, and most college professors, and they're not going to get the answer. What is a virus? You want to take a stab at that? Ooh. What is a virus? You know, I use the term a lot. Mm-hmm. And I use the term viral a lot in terms of something spreading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to give an accurate definition of what a virus is, I can't give a cogent dis- definition. Most people can't. And people who take a guess at it usually miss the answer, including most doctors. Here's a good scientific right. explanation. And then I'll give you a couple of other explanations. What is All a right. virus? Simple strands of DNA, or it could be RNA, genetic material, covered by a protein sheath, or in some cases in coronavirus, they say a double lipid protein sheath. Now, what does that mean? First of all, simple strands of DNA indicates, or it answers the second question that I would ask people, is a virus alive? Lysol kills viruses, right? They talk about killing viruses. Is a virus alive? Hmm. Wow. I... I would have to say my my first thought would be yes. Uh, shout out to Shay Yu who said Lysol causes pneumonia. <laughs> uh, if you, you suck, if you suck Lysol into your lungs, yes, you will develop pneumonia. Mm-hmm. 
not a bacterial, but a chemical environmental pneumonia. But a virus is not alive. When I said simple strands of DNA, that is not right. enough structure for life, period. That is not enough structure for life. It can't breathe, can't think, can't jump, can't reproduce. It can do nothing. It can't select which person it wants to choose to infect and not. No. Simple strands of DNA means it has no basis for life. So therefore, anyone who's talking about killing viruses, you know right off the bat, they're not either not telling the truth or they don't know the truth. So when they say Lysol kills viruses, it doesn't kill virus. What Lysol can do is clean up debris. Now, let's get to a more simple answer to the question, what is a virus? Dr. Laila Africa, in a book called Nutricide, talked about a virus. And he said this, and this is very eloquently stated, a virus is nothing but a piece of a dead, broken up cell. It cannot think, jump, react, or do anything else. It's just a tiny fragment. Now, in the process, and I describe the, I describe the process in this book. This is my latest book in the Superfood series, Living Super in Paradise. I describe a process in Chapter 4, the logic of chronic diseases. The process of what causes four diseases, cardiovascular, cancer, diabetes, and obesity. And when I was describing... What causes cancer? There were a few words inside of the description of what causes cancer that needed to be understood. Now, I'm going to read only one paragraph, but in this one paragraph, people will understand part of the process. It's only one part of the process of what causes cancer, but this one paragraph answers the question, what is a virus? And let's talk about a process, and I want to spell this out because I want people to look this up and understand what I'm saying. Apoptosis. A-P-O-P. T-O-S-I-S, apoptosis. Our normal, healthy body, Brother Seiko, consists of 50 trillion cells working in cooperation. And each minute, your body generates some 300 million new cells. If new cells only accumulated, then we would grow bigger and bigger, larger and larger with every passing day. Thus, there must be a natural process through which we remove old cells. Apoptosis is a natural pattern of cell death affecting single cells which proceed along four stages. Stage one, shrinkage of the, of the cell. Stage two, condensation of cell chromosome materials. That's where the so-called virus is given birth. Stage three, fragmentation of the cell into membrane-bound fragments. This answers the riddle of the question, what is a virus? And in stage four, cleaning up the debris through um, phagocytosis, which is recycling cell molecular material, autophagy, and waste removal. And I explained some of these other parts, autophagy, etc. But we have to understand this process of apoptosis, old cells die. They break up into tiny fragments. Your body has to sweep all of these fragments out of the body of the death of 300 million cells a minute. Well, what mm. happens, Seiko, if all of that debris doesn't go out through the normal channels of elimination? Then that debris tries to get out of your body by any means necessary. And if your elimination system is not functioning fully, the debris will try and get out through your skin, through your mucus. You'll hack it out. You'll sneeze it out. It can collect in other places. Your body gets filled up with garbage. And now you go into a detox crisis, which people call a cold. <laughs> wow. Wow. Now we now that we understand viruses really don't mean anything. Here's another one. This is from sciencedaily.com. I, I usually have all these notes in front of me, but right now I'm just pulling everything off the top of my head. From sciencedaily.com. And it talked about the atmosphere in the world is full of viruses. So many viruses floating through the atmosphere that they say on any given day. Per one square meter of, of surface area, some 25,000 or more viruses fall out of the sky. 
So how many viruses are you and I exposed to literally with every breath we take? Why isn't everybody already dead from viruses? So according to my understanding, I adhere to that 19th century debate between uh, two French scientists, Edwin Beauchamp and Louis Pasteur. Beauchamp argued it's not the pathogen, it's the environment. Pasteur said pathogens cause disease. Well, if that were true, then every time you get on an airplane with a closed environment, if anyone on the plane has any infectious pathogen, then everyone is supposed to have it getting off the plane. But Beauchamp said that if your immune system is functioning, if all of the processes of the body maintaining itself are fully functioning, then you don't get the disease. Therefore, you and I could be exposed to literally hundreds of thousands or maybe tens of millions of so-called pathogens every day, but not get sick. Huh. Now, there's some talk that uh, melanated people, people of African descent, Afro-melanated, whatever term you want to use, you know, there's so many terms right now, uh, are immune to coronavirus. What say you? Yeah, it's, it's kind of silly. I, I love my black skin. I love my black skin, people. Every morning I look in the mirror and as a brother looking back at me, I say, man, today's going to be a good day. But we, we're not allowed to just make up stuff because we're celebrating of our blackness. We're not allowed to just make up stuff. If that were true, then why are African-Americans disproportionately suffering from cancers, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, a whole spectrum of inflammatory diseases, high blood pressure, diabetes. Those are both in the category of inflammation-based diseases. So, you know, melanin does allow us some really great advantages. I've spoken at melanin conferences over the year, and it does allow us some really very great advantages. But as Dr. Sabi said, if the environment is not complementary to melanated people, the melanated people are going to be sick. Interesting, interesting. Uh, the Kemet Princess says we're in a constant state of infection. Our immune system protects us from. Thoughts? Does that go in line with what you just shared? Absolutely. And I salute my sister for the wisdom of her words. We are in a constant state. Here's one of the things most people don't take into consideration. It's called digestive leukocytosis, which is a form, again, of inflammation. In the case of digestive leukocytosis, every time you eat a cooked meal, even if it's vegan food, if it's cooked meal, because you've heated the food up above 125 degrees, you knock out the enzymes. I didn't say kill the enzymes because enzymes are not alive. They're catalytic agents, but they're deactivated by heat. And when you cook the food, you deactivate the natural plant enzymes, which are, according to our natural design, is supposed to assist in the breaking down of these um, plant-based proteins in our digestive tract. So therefore, because we've knocked out the enzymes, our pancreas and our, our body tells the the immune system, the thymus gland and the bone marrow, send me up some white blood cells to help break this meal down. The pro the enzymes in the immune cells have to break down the, the, the proteins into their amino acids that we can then digest and reform new cellular material out of. So that's what's called digestive leukocytosis. So to put that in context, Seiko, if I cut my arm right now, at the point of the slash, an inflammation will immediately begin. Right. All these immune system, all these immune cells rush in. The whole immune system is activated. The leukocyte or white blood cell count of my blood might go from 4,000 cells per milliliter to 15,000, 20,000, depending on the severity of the injury. When we eat a cooked meal, the same thing happens. Our blood leukocyte level increases about fourfold. The body thinks it's sick. This is what's called low-grade chronic inflammation and that's what our sister was describing wow wow um every couple of years they come up with a new virus they love scaring people that's what brother michael is saying Shayu is mentioned that uh she talked about vaccines what are your mm -hmm. thoughts on vaccines brother you know i have written four books on vaccines i never tell people to take a vaccine I never tell people 
not to vaccinate. This is your decision to make. It's too important a decision for you to rely on anybody other than yourself to make a very well-informed decision. But what I do say very deliberately, before you vaccinate, you must investigate. Because vaccines <laughs> have been shown to cause a whole spectrum of challenges because vaccines, the vaccination process, one, it's unbelievably unnatural. Nature never designed for us to pierce our flesh and put things into our blood to trigger immune um, strength. And number two, we can ask a simple question most people won't get. What is in a vaccine? Uh, It's a quote unquote dead form of whatever you're trying to vaccinate against. Is that correct? Is that in its simplistic, most simplistic that's one of three root components. The three root components of every vaccine. Number one, the pathogen, meaning the disease-causing agent, the germ, to okay. which an immunity is being sought. So number one, the pathogen or some component of the pathogen. Number two, the culture medium, meaning that to mass produce this vaccination, I have to take that pathogen and then grow it in something to make a huge vat of it. Well, that's something I grow it in has to be compatible to our body. That's what's called culture medium. And that can include DNA from 11 different species, rats, monkeys, rabbits, uh, pigs, cows, chickens, duck embryos, chicken embryos, and including human diploid cells, which are lungs or fetal tissue or lung tissue from aborted fetuses. That's called human diploid cells. So number one, we have the pathogen. Number two, we have the culture medium, meaning mass producer, grow it. And number three, well, this nasty thing is growing in this nastiness. I can't just take that and inject that into you. They have to deactivate that growing putrid mix. And so in deactivating the putrid mix, they use a whole spectrum of antibiotics, harsh chemicals, preservatives, the marisol, which contains mercury, formaldehyde. Oh, it's a long list of these very powerful drugs. Here's the problem, Brother Seiko. On their own, all three components. If I put the pathogen in you, it could kill you. Everyone admits that. Number two, the culture medium. If I inject this foreign DNA from these 11 different species directly into your bloodstream, that or at best maybe causing long-term autoimmune disruption so that your body now turns on its own flesh and tissue because you incorporated foreign DNA into your very cellular material. And number three, the deactivating agents that would kill this putrid mix and and, um, preserve it will also kill and preserve you on their own. So here's what they essentially say with the vaccine, Seiko. If I hit you in the head with a hammer, it could hurt you. If I stab you in the back with a knife, it could hurt you. If I shoot you in the chest with a pistol, it could hurt you. But if I do them all at the same time, it's good for you. (laughs) Oh, man, I feel so guilty now. You know what Stevie Wonder sang? When you believe in things that you don't understand, then you suffer. Superstition ain't your way. And we've been believing in things we don't understand. That's why people tune into you and me because they want better, truthful understanding and they want you and I to give it in a way that they can verify it for themselves. Everything I say, I ask people to write it down and verify it. It's easy to do now with access to all of these libraries around the world via the internet. Hey, look, brother, on the screen, I have Get the Weight Off. That's one of your books dealing with superfoods, right? Will superfoods yeah. help help us be better inoculated, better prepared for coronaviruses and all the other viruses that our body's dealing with on a constant basis? Yes. Superfood and nutrition. I mean, we have the seven principles, the breath, hydration, nutrition, rest, detox, exercise, and the mind-body-spirit matrix. So nutrition on its own without the other seven is not going to accomplish the ultimate goal. It can do a lot for you, but you got to put all seven of them into place. But when it comes to nutrition, according to the best research that I've been able to access, and this is the way I live, 
eating your food raw as much as possible, organic as much as possible, fresh as much as possible. The best place I get food, Brother Seiko, is eight steps outside my kitchen door, and I get food there, there every day. And so superfoods, what are superfoods? Superfoods right. are the foods known to have the densest spectrum of nutrition in the most bioavailable process, delivery process possible. So you have certain specific foods like kale, the super green of greens. Greens are superfoods. Spirulina, super blue green algae, chlor chlorella. Um, these are all different types of sea vegetables, all powerful superfoods. Goji berries, acai berries, blueberries, blackberries. The black of the berry, <laughs> the stronger the immune system. You know what they say. <laughs> so we have, we're eating clean protein. With living superfood, we're eating clean protein. Now, the best protein sources are nuts and seeds, as well as beans. Now, insofar as beans, there are only three beans that we can eat raw, meaning just sprout them and eat them. The rest of them have to be cooked. And those three are mung beans, garbanzo beans, or chickpeas. And the third one of those three beans that come to my mind in just a second, I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know I use those it, raw oh, lentils, uh, which are legumes. Lentils are also good. You just sprout them and eat them raw, and it's incredibly healthy. The rest of them have to be cooked because they have these tannins on them. You have to cook off the tannins, or else it cause you a terrible uh, hives-like reaction. And okay. so there are these spectrum of superfoods. When your food is this nutrition dense, then you can get by with a lot more energy formation on the cellular level with a lot less caloric input. You don't have to eat 2,500 calories or so a day. You can eat 1,500 calories a day and outwork anyone who's eating twice that much because you have much more accessibility to the energy on the cellular level, which energy is actually a combination of just two things. Fuel in the form of glucose, that's made out of the complex carbohydrates we eat. And the other is oxygen. And everything we can do to maintain the integrity of the fuel and the oxygen, that creates energy on the cellular level. And that helps you live much longer. Disease resistance and all 16 of the body's systems function at their highest functionality. That includes the immune system. Ashe, Ashe. Hey, it looks like you also have not only the information, but you have the direction. You have Living Superfoods, Recipes, Volume 1, Volume 2. Uh, you just shared that you have another one coming out. Of course, mm -hmm. I love this book. I love this book, Futuronomics. That's this right. That's a good book. This is my fave, uh, you know, because I'm really into the economics of everything. Um, one of the things, I, I, one of the things that you used to talk about, and we're going to jump back to the coronavirus in a second, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was Rap and hip hop. You used to talk about, um, oh man, you had a book. I see the cover of the book now. Rap, hip hop, and the new world order. Playing Rap, hip hop, and the new in world music, order. music culture. Yeah. Boy, that book got me in a lot of trouble, Seiko. <laughs> now, I was real bold in them days. I was doing really good research. I had been researching for many years before that, and I was pretty good at it. But that book got me in a lot of trouble because I don't necessarily think the powers that be were ready for me to blow the cover on that vast conspiracy that they had set up in order to control the life as much as possible of black people's childbearing age population. That's ultimately what this was about. It was a population control issue. And we began the book out talking about what is rule number one, survival of the fittest. And so essentially with the subtitle planned chaos in youth music culture, it fit the, the follow the pathway of what one of my earlier um, reports, it wasn't a book, but a report came out, population wars, culture wars. And for years I had been studying issues and demographics, population control, etc. But then I realized the best tool for implementing population control was not bioweapons, it wasn't violence, it was control the culture. And if you control the culture, then you essentially have determined the behaviors that people will engage in. And that's what Rap Hip Hop and the New World Order was about. I think what really got me in trouble was I named the names. But you know, Steve Coakley told me to do that. He didn't tell me I was getting gonna get in so much trouble for it. 
<laughs> Steve Coakley, man. Boy, he used to drop it. Of course, he used to get on me and call me an oath taker. Uh, you know, I'm involved with a fraternity. So, you oath taker? All right, but, you know. Well, bless his, bless his spirit. May his name forever be sweet on our lips and in our ears. Steve Coakley lives on. Ashe, Ashe. Uh, if you don't know who Steve Coakley is, then, oh, for all the master students, Steve Coakley was crumb before crumb was crumb. Uh, true, so, true that. <laughs> yeah, rap, hip hop, and the new world order. You also had some other groundbreaking things. Now, you just mentioned that this deals with population control. Mm-hmm. That rap, hip hop, the new world order dealt with you know population control is coronavirus a form of population control your thoughts i've seen that Um, the answer the straight answer to that would be yes but not the way that most people are presuming this to be they're thinking that it's, it's designed to kill off people no it's designed to control people's behavior because if you believe you're in grave danger you will modify your behaviors. You will tolerate other people restricting your freedom in ways that before the grave danger, you wouldn't have tolerated them restricting your freedom. So this thing has gotten really, it's gotten out of hand now because there are multiple parties pushing this hysteria out here. The media is pushing it. The pharmaceutical companies are pushing it. The epidemiological agencies are pushing it. The national security agencies are pushing it. Wall Street has been pushing it. All of these interested parties doesn't necessarily fit what your and my best self-interest is. So is it population control? Yes. But is it population control in the tradition that most people think of population control to respect childbirth? It's not that good a weapon. Hmm. Okay. 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 And bio warfare, the idea of biological germ warfare became obsolete in the late 19 in the early 1970s. Biological warfare was obsolete in the early 1970s. If people don't understand that, then they're going to be continually confused. I put out a major report on Ebola. And my report entitled Ebola virus outbreak or mycotoxin attack it was a very significant report which almost got me in big trouble i could tell you that story off the air but i came to the conclusion (laughs) during that study and i have a huge library of chemical biological warfare books and gene wars and i got a huge library of this stuff but i came to the conclusion then that biological warfare was obsolete because if someone were so bold to design a bio war agent and put it out there, then it would mutate and rebound back on them. I mean, that's that's by nature. They can't ethnically design a bio warfare agent to kill black people because we get raped by non-black people for hundreds of years. It's too much of a cross of genetic material. It's not a good idea. But if I can create a chemical, I can attack you with the chemical and I can control the distribution of that chemical. And the chemical in the case of Ebola was a mycotoxin, M-Y-C-O toxin, T-O-X-I-N. And I contended in that book that the so-called biological outbreaks of the future would most likely, if they were attacks, they would be toxin attacks. Why? Because the impact, the effects on the body of a toxin mimics an infectious agent but that toxin is handled like a chemical agent. Huh. And in the case of Ebola, I was real precise. I even identified the plane that the contaminated medical supplies that were flown into Zaire in 1994. I even identified the plane that it was flown in on. And what had happened was an interested party who I'm not going to mention, but, you know, if, if, I, if I pay taxes for something, I should at least be able to tell what you're doing with it. Interested party modified a Soviet era weapon called T2 trichothocine mycotoxin, which was itself manufactured from one of the oldest diseases known to man. And that's this black fungus that grows on spoiled moldy grain and bread 
And that old disease is called ergot or ergo, E-R-G-O-T. Look this up, E-R-G-O-T, mycotoxin and hemorrhagic disease. And you will now begin to uncover that trail. It's a fairly long trail, but go ahead and follow it. Be bold. Okay, yeah, you have folk going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> or going up the wow. spiral to leads us to an African global order. Ashe, Ashe. That reminds me of your book or your lecture series or your music, uh, Seven Steps to African Global World Domination. That book came out, and that was about the time you and I were hanging out. That book came out in right. 2000. That was called The Road to Power, Seven Steps to an African global order. That was the first of a series of what next month will be eight Pan-African economic development books. I didn't know at that time, or didn't really fully realize at that time, how far ahead I was over other writers of the time. I can still look at that book today now, 20 years later, and say it's still state of the art, and now I am officially a scientific futurist. Uh, Yeah, in some ways you're very peerless. In many ways, you're peerless because uh, you started off in a Pan-African conscious set, and then I noticed you became more interested in in health. And this happened 10, 15 years ago, where you were becoming more interested in health and you know eating correctly and using food as medicine and food as everything else. And then about 10 years ago, no, no, I, I, I want to say in the last three or four years, this biofuturist scientific stuff. It's starting to come out more and more in your writings and your your teachings. And I'm like, man, he's always 10 years ahead of everybody else. Well, now the, with the new book, The Blackest Soil, Africa can feed the world a um, scientific pathway for agricultural preeminence for the 21st century. With this new book, I'm going out 30 years to the year 2050. Now, you've probably heard this statement before, Seiko. Africa can feed the world, am I correct? Yes. You've been saying that for the last 20 years. Many people have said that. And then, well-informed fly guy that you are, how many people can Africa feed? Um, Okay, the world. (laughs) (laughs) There are currently 7.7 billion people on planet Earth population of the African continent 1.317 billion people Africa is though right now a net food importer now in this new book I'm laying out a very detailed strategic plan I'm talking about really detailed plan that brought all if all of the resources of Africa producing food can be brought to bear all of its arable land which Africa currently has 60% of the world's unused arable land all of its water, all of its people and its labor brought to bear, Africa could feed organic food to 12.9 billion people. Now, currently there's 7.7 billion people on the planet. It's expected to peak by the end of the century at around between 9 to maybe as much as 10.5 billion people. So Africa could feed 12.9 billion people a diet of 2,000 calories a day of organically produced food. That would make Africans by far the world's most preeminent food producers on earth, the cleanest food in the greatest abundance for everybody. So the new book is a roadmap, a scientifically based roadmap from where we are with the resources we already have to where we want to go to. Now, if I say, I make a statement and I'm sticking with this, I want to feed the world then during the 20s, this 2020s, I'm going to show everybody to do that. And you know something? I began this work 30, 40 years ago because for 30, 40 years, everywhere I live, I always grow as much of my food as I possibly can. People, one of the things that come to my house, they love the gardens and I take them all on tours of the gardens because I want to encourage everyone to take primary responsibility for growing our own food. Whoa, uh, I'm, I'm blown away. I'm blown away, Kitty. Uh, so we've been chatting for about 46, 47 minutes now. 
we normally try to keep our live streams about one hour because we want to make sure that people have a digestible amount of information. We should go for a marathon today. What's your longest broadcast? I did nine hours one time. <laughs> oh, you're, you're the boss, man. You're the boss. <laughs> I'm not that bossful. I'm not that bossful. So we're, we're going to keep it around an hour because I want to bring you back. I want to talk about some of the other things that you researched. I mean, like you you mentioned earlier how the uh, the Rap and New World Order book got you into a little trouble. But that's not the only thing, the only research that I know that you've gotten involved in and shared that upset people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, don't, I don't do that type of research so much. But let me tell you, though, what I am doing right now is so far ahead that I'm surprised, Brother Seiko, that so many black people are getting angry at me because I'm, you know, I have to take down some of these mythologies that we've been carrying along. People don't necessarily like it when I exonerate Donald Trump in a couple of areas. And I say, well, you know, think about this. You've heard the statement that a broken clock is right at least twice a day, right? <laughs> right, right. Well, I make that statement a little different. I say 14 times a week a broken clock is right trying to put our perspective a little bit broader when donald trump talked about in the last statement has gotten him in trouble saying that the coronavirus is a hoax perpetuated by the democrats to try and get him out of office he's not completely missing the boat on that again i say so many different interested parties are cashing in on this coronavirus so they're trying to one-up him. He proposes $2.5 billion. Well, they say $6.8 billion. Um, and it is, they are now, we have to look at this economy. Brother Seiko, for years people have been talking about an economic crash is imminent, a recession imminent. We look at the cycles. Is it every eight years, every 11 years? We knew we're due for one. And they were waiting for a, quote, black swan event. This is a language futurists use. Black swans are unpredictable events that affect it on massive scale. And this appears to be the one. If I am examining all of these things right, the new recession began last Tuesday. And they won't confirm it until late August or September, because that's how they confirm a recession two quarters in a row of below zero GDP growth. But I say it began last Tuesday already, and it was being set up because in the background, even before coronavirus, all around the world, the debt-based global economic system was strained as much as it could possibly take. And so many people were saying any major event could throw this machine out of whack. And it looks like that machine is thrown out of whack. Your and my challenge, Brother Seiko, is, is to answer this question. If... As some people are now predicting, because Walmart, Target, Costco, and so many other retailers that sell us our food are dependent upon Chinese and other external imports coming through the seaports, if the supply chain dries up and the store shelves are empty by mid-April, can we survive that? That's a serious question, Brother Seiko. I got real bad news for black people in America. I don't think they want to hear me say it. So they get angry at me for telling them what the science says we need to be prepared for. So how do we deal with this, my brother? We deal with it by doing exactly what we're doing now, but we have to find some other strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, You know what? You brought up Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. You brought up politics. You know, we're dealing with the coronavirus mm-hmm. and it's all intertwined. Um, are you paying attention to this uh, democratic race? For I can't. The, uh, I, I can't. I can't do that to myself. People do that to themselves. It's like falling in love with an unfaithful lover. You knew going <laughs> in. You knew going in. They were no good. You saw two years ago they cheated on their lover at the time. You see they cheat, but you say, but I need love. So I'm going to take a chance one more time on that donkey. And the donkey kicks you once again. You say, well, all right, I'm tired of the donkey. I'm going to the elephant. And the elephant won't use a condom. So what you going to do? <laughs> what you going to do? So I do not have a dog in that race. If Trump wins re-election, I got a better plan. If the Democrats win re-election, I got a better plan. 
And if we took a look at each of these candidates, all of them shaky and flaky. Every one of them are shaky and flaky. You know, this this Buttigieg guy, uh, I took a look at this guy the other day and he looks like the Manchurian candidate from, I think that was that 2004 film starring Denzel Washington. Remember the guy they ran for president? Right. <laughs> this is the same guy, man. He's a Manchurian candidate. Look at his record going back to serving in Afghanistan. This dude is a Manchurian candidate. <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know, Buttigieg has a record of doing for others and not for us. Do you know what he did when he served in, Afghan, in Afghanistan? What did he do? He was a driver. He was a dang chauffeur. So that's doing for others. He was groomed to be he put into a position. See, Donald Trump, the thug that he was, he just said, no, man, I got bone spurs. I ain't going. <laughs> <laughs> well, Buddha Shad says, I'll go, but can, can, can I get a nice job? So they, they, he was a driver, a doggone chauffeur, and there was some other stuff there. He was groomed by intelligence agencies. Interesting. That, yeah. That- but who, yeah. do you know, who can plan on that? You can't plan on that. Even Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, they may have some radical ideas that for which we can empathize with. But you got you got America's plutocracy. It's corporatism to try and implement some progressive ideas. The plutocracy is only interested in one thing. How long can we keep this doggone gravy train of wealth and income concentration going on? Coronavirus might bring the house down on them. So what they going to do? You better believe it's Seiko. They got a plan. Hmm. I'm, I'm following this new B1 initiative. It's not necessarily new. It's been, uh, I guess, talked about for the last 10 years. And it's pretty much saying we're putting ourselves first. Uh, Brother T. West from Afrosynergy News has a 21 plan agenda. I know that Brother Tariq and Jason Black are having the uh, Foundational Black American conference in June. I'll be going there mm-hmm. and they're going to work on an agenda. Um, the Ados people, you know, Yvette Carnell and Tone have their agenda, uh, although they're kind of like pawns for the Democrat Party, but I like some of their information. The Republicans I, like them too. You know that. The Republican Party was quoting them. I'm not surprised. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised. Because uh, the Republicans are thinking that hey, if the melanated people, the black people don't vote right now, we have it in the bag. Yeah, there's no need for us to vote. I'm not going to vote. Well, this is my position. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to push out the agenda, mm-hmm. and we're simply going to say, hey, you either rock with the agenda, or we're not supporting you. And if, if Trump decides to support us, we might rock with him. If neither one of you support us, we're not going to support the presidential candidate or the senatorial candidate. We might just go straight work, uh, vote for city council and below, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we keep making these statements. We say, well, if you won't treat us right, we're not going to, we're going to boycott Christmas. Yeah. Boycott Christmas. You know, don't tell nobody, Seiko, I'm telling you this. During the months of November and December 2019, for 61 days during Christmas shopping, black folks spent $67.2 billion above what they normally spend all year long. Don't tell nobody I said that because that was our future. We keep doing that every year. Brother, of all of these different organizations, I salute them all for their works. But you know something? Dr. Eric Conachi on Boricuao has got my focus and my attention. I think she's got it right. It is Pan-Africanism that is our salvation. Pan-African and die. Pan-African uh, and live. Don't even put the word die in it. Pan-African <laughs> and live. Ashe, Ashe. So look, man, we have a few minutes left, so give us everything we need to know. You've just blown our mind. So give us everything we need to know in six minutes about the coronavirus so we can stop worrying about this foolishness. Coronavirus is far more dangerous and riskier than the threat to our immune systems. Coronavirus deaths represent 5.7% of known yearly average background pneumonia deaths. If um, 47 people dying a day on average from coronavirus, 8,213 people totally will be dying from 
pneumonia, and all of those coronavirus deaths fit the profile of pneumonia deaths as well. So there. But the coronavirus is has got 25% of the freight coming into the L.A. Harbor, the biggest recipient of Chinese imports into the U.S., shut down now. You can't shut down 25% and freeze 25% of harbor traffic in a place like L.A. County. That's going to devastate the whole West Coast and, uh, economy. The, the U.S. economic collapse is probably as close as like two minutes from now. It may, I, I say it started last Tuesday. So therefore, we have to ask the question. What are we going to do? One of the first things we could do is go down to the dollar store or whatever and stock up on emergency supplies. Keep six weeks of food and water in your house. And you may have to be prepared to protect your six weeks of food and water. But ultimately, Muta Baruka said it, and I'm going to quote it. And you can sing along with me, brother Sekou. It's not good to stay in a white mountain country too long. <laughs> we have overstayed our state. And we know we've overstayed our state, but we still keep planning on surviving the next 12 crises so africa is our redemption my new book comes out we're pre-selling the blackest africa can feed the world african americans can't even feed themselves so we're gonna have to become africans to survive wow uh, Kitty, as always, you kind of blow my mind. I love listening to you, and I'm looking forward to uh, having further conversations with you, brother. We got to do these further conversations. We got to make sure that the master students, the fly folk, all know about Chief Kitty, the right. Conscious Roster, the Conscious Roster Reports, the Conscious Roster Reports Catalog, and all the support and all the work and all the research that you've done over the last... 30 years? It's been a little while. I started publishing these books around 1992 and in 1996 I kind of hit a, a fever pitch and have a really slowed down since then. I need to have you as guest on my radio show, Brother Seiko, because you and I can have some really great conversations. You know, I'm this is my 18th year now of broadcasting six times a week, so in this uh, internet broadcast, I was one of the pioneers. Ashe. Um, Black Goddess Phoenix says, start ordering survival food. I have for a year now. Um, survival food. Um, how can we grow survival food? You know, you mentioned earlier that we need to grow our food. Yeah, YouTube. <laughs> DIY. It's information everywhere. <laughs> my book, Living Superfood Research, chapter 20 of that book, detailed my organic food production system. I have the blackest soil anyone has ever seen. They say, man, your soil is just black. And I say, yeah, the blacker the soil, the sweeter the sisters that come over to eat your food. <laughs> now you know. Now you know that's my style. Okay, so... uh <laughs> Brother Keedy, any last words before we uh before yeah. we stop for tonight? Yeah, I want to encourage everybody to be incredibly optimistic. Be optimistic because you're well informed. There are two powerful words. I've been saying these words every time I get a chance for since 1915. Africa rising. Look it up. It's more than just two pretty words. There are conferences, there are books, there are all kinds of seminars, and it is the phenomena we have been waiting for on this planet for 600 years. Africa rising is going to lift our boats and sail our boats across the ocean. Dr. Mar Marcus Messiah Garvey had it right. Dr. Ericana Chiumboro Kwao has got us moving, and I've got the plans. Let's all get together and let's get this party started. That's what I'm talking about. Ashe, Ashe. I pulled up the YouTube video for KRS-One Disaster Kit. Disaster Kit is a video where he describes everything you need to get in your house to survive in uh, in case of, you know, one of those emergencies that we just discussed. So uh, I know you said hit the dollar store. Uh, before you hit the dollar store, check out KRS-One's Disaster Kit. So you know what to purchase when you get to that dollar store. Brother Keedy, man, hey, I love what you're doing. I love you for doing it. Keep the, what was it? You used to say something in, I want to say it was in Swahili. When you ended your talks. What well, was it? We could say Aluta Continua. The struggle That's continues. It. But always remember, victory is absolutely certain. 
Ashe, so to everybody out there, master students and the fly folks, stay fly. Stay fly, 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 stay fly. The views expressed by the guests are only the views of the guests. Unless we say we agree. Unless explicitly stated. Stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly, stay fly.